I don't know who needs to hear this, but... Don't put food out to attract bears. Is that what you're doing? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's ridiculous that I even need to like state this out loud, that you shouldn't, shouldn't do this thing. We, we've been searching for this dog for a month now, right? And yes. we've been... He's staying in the same exact area which means that he's obviously getting food somewhere and we're not really sure where that is or what he, how he's getting food. You think the people are are feeding bears? I and know they he... are. I got a call from this woman what? who said that she's seen him in her neighbor's backyard several times and we were like, oh, that's great to know, thanks. And then when we went over there to talk to her in person, she said, yeah, my neighbor always puts human food out around the trees to try to attract bears to her yard. And we were like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, she likes to see the bears, so she puts food out for them. Bears don't belong in your yard. I know. So, one, we found out where the dog is getting food from. And two, uh, why is she trying to attract bears to her yard? Her neighbors are all like, no, we all have dogs, we have kids, like, we don't want bears in the neighborhood. Yeah. So we contacted Animal Control, they're going to go pay her a visit. <laughs> but, Good. yeah, don't put food out in your yard to try to attract bears, it's a bad idea. Don't feed the bears. Hi, I'm Heidi, and directly in front of me is John. You're at the set, and we are the Badgers. Johnny just laughs at me. (laughs) (laughs) So harsh. I mean, I just failed him once. Okay, that is ghetto boffing. (laughs) I know, I'm going to get fired. (laughs) I did, I did. I learned about the Supreme Court today. Only most of you guys are going to recognize this. Documents! On a piece of paper. Hey, John, what's up? Oh, God. Don't. Oh. I have I have had so much emotion over the last uh, little bit. Yeah? So as of the publishing of this episode, it'll have been two nights ago. But I knew that this is going to be a topic that we're going to have. Like, I've, I'm ready to jump right into it and not, like, just, you know, skip the foreplay, go right into the, the Ooh, part of it. Skip did you foreplay. Did you have some foreplay that you wanted to do? or? No, nope, we can go right into it because okay. uh, this has been showing up in my skim a lot. Okay. Well, actually, I, I said I want to skip the foreplay. Let's let's talk about something that's bullshit about the, uh, the Supreme Court. You want to talk about the Supreme yeah, Court today? Yeah, going back to like our first episode where we talked about the Supreme Court and you explained how it worked. Yes. Oh, so you yeah. remember everything that I taught you about how the Supreme Court worked? Almost none of it. Yes, good. Cool. Because that's exactly how much you needed to know, apparently, with this court that we currently have as our, uh, as our ruling in, in one of the branches of... Of our government, the judiciary branch, if you recall, they're so, the ones who have like the most power, right? Essentially, so it's the the one with the fewest people with the most power. So you have the the judges, and there are fewer judges than there are like lawmakers and stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. did you know that there was a football uh, case that got brought before the Supreme Court, and that's currently that feels kind of silly. What was it about? So. And I'm going to give you the brief synopsis from their from the football uh, coach's perspective, okay? Okay. Or their testimony. He was a football coach at a high school. He was leading prayers, or he was having prayers by himself, and other people just joined in at the 50 yard line after the after games. Okay. It got more and more popular. It's like uh, this is a a church state separation issue, mm-hmm. and. The school, they told him 
you need to stop this. This looks like it's an endorsement on the school's part of your your religion, right? They offered him spaces to go to pray and have have his things. Now, as a religious person, I, I'm sure you know, but there's a passage that talks about uh, prayer, right? About where you should have prayer. Do you do you know anything about this? Yeah. Okay. So it's like at home. Yes. In your closet, like away. Don't be don't be like the pious uh, preachers who who get their reward by being this overly prayerful person, right? They go to their their secret space. They have their prayer there. But this person said no. He said, I am going to go on the on the 50 yard line and I will have my prayers. And he had these prayers and it is a one. It's against the school policy to do that. And then two, uh, he kept on doing it and everybody like apparently joined in and his players and other players from other teams were doing this. And he got persecuted so hard by the, by the school. And that's his side of the story. Now what really happened was he was hosting these things. He was being, he was told he cannot do this. He was doing it on the 50 yard line. He was doing it in the locker rooms with his students. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was saying that it wasn't like persuasion, like persuading the kids to do this and everything. But if you had a teacher who was, who was performing anything and they said, I'm going to have a prayer. You you're joining in on that prayer because you know, you might get not put on, on the field because you're, you're this person who just rejected his religion, right? Potentially. So Leonis, the only thing I can focus on right now is the way you say prayer. You say it like prayer as opposed to like prayer. It's <laughs> very distracting. <laughs> uh, you don't hear me say that a lot. Uh, okay. No, I so don't. It's, it's really funny. Every time you say it's, it, I'm like prayer. It's and two syllables. It's when you're not, having the prayer, he's having the prayer. It's prayer. It's a prayer. All right. So anyway, he was on an annual contract with the school mm-hmm. and they didn't renew his contract after he violated their rules. Mm-hmm. They didn't rehire him mm-hmm. because that's the process. And he moves down to Florida. He was living in Washington state. He moved on to the other, the opposite corner of the States is still claiming persecution. It failed every single court that he went through. They kept on saying, this is a church state separation issue and it's already been, it's asked and answered multiple, multiple, multiple times. And apparently the Supreme Court's like, oh yeah, bring him right on. Let's have him make this bullshit case. And it doesn't matter how he gets there, but he's going to pass. And it's going to be something that this ruling hasn't been made yet. All signs point to this being yet another religious case that gets passed through because of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's not about religion. It's about Christianity. Because imagine, imagine a, a coach who was Muslim, who is having these, these prayers to Allah on the 50-yard line. Can you imagine how persecuted that person would be yeah. versus the Christian? Yeah. Christians are not persecuted in this country. No. They should be. <laughs> they are not persecuted. Well, I think it's silly that the Supreme Court is even taking this when they have way like so many other things they should be worrying about. Tell uh, me tell me one thing that the court should be concerned let's about. See. If I could pick only one 
Hmm. Hmm. How about, oh, I don't know. Women's reproductive rights. rights? <laughs> <laughs> like you knew what I was going to say. It's such a stupid topic. I mean, women <laughs> don't make up that much of the population. And it's right? not that important, right? It isn't. And, oh. you know, murder is illegal. We shouldn't, we shouldn't legalize murder. Come on, Heidi. Because that's what this is. That's just the easy, just blanket statement. It's murder. Don't do it. Okay. So, like, rip that Band-Aid off. We're talking about abortions, guys. Yes. Did you know that we were talking about abortions? Surprise. Because we knew. We got feelings. <laughs> we have so many feelings. Yes. So, we need a minute. We actually might need two minutes How about we topic. talk about this, and then at the end of this discussion, we can each take a minute. Oh, no, this is an entire minute. This like is, this, this entire is, this episode is, is a minute and it'll probably be a two minuter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even 30. Okay. I don't know what you want to talk about specifically, but we are talking about abortions. But um, just to, if if you're living under a rock, what is happening is Politico actually just published an article that has an entire draft for the Supreme Court majority ruling on abortions. They are overturning Roe v. Wade, both of these establishing the the ruling in favor of allowing abortions. Mm-hmm. Now they're not mandatory abortions, they are they're voluntary. voluntary abortions that they're they're making these rulings about. Now, one of the justifications is the the judge has made is by saying, "Oh, well there's nothing about abortions in the constitution." You know what else isn't in the Constitution? Marriage. Do you know how many rules that they need to, how many laws are regarding marriage? Bazillion of them. It is because it is established. It's not in the Constitution. Just because it's in the, it's not in the Constitution doesn't make it law. The driver's license, when is that in the Constitution, huh? It's not in the Constitution because it doesn't have to be in the Constitution. All right, should we, should we roll this back real quick and just refresh everybody on what Roe v. Wade was? What is Roe v. Wade, Heidi? So Roe v. Wade started when Jane Roe, who was a pregnant mother, wanted to obtain an abortion, and she sued on behalf of all women similarly situated in order to prevent Texas statutes from criminalizing all abortions. Texas. Texas. That's where this all started. Very thematic. They, the statutes were that it made criminal all abortions except when medically advised for the purpose of saving the life of the mother. And she argued that that was an unconstitutional invasion of privacy. So Texas had made it a crime to attempt to procure or attempt an abortion except when medically advised. Doesn't that sound familiar? feel like we are just reliving history we we very much um, are and we jane are in Rowe, regression right now that's what's happening jane roe which for anybody who doesn't know is the anonymous name that's used so whatever her Before real name jane is doe. yeah it's still it's still jane roe so oh. if you're a man it's john doe if you're a woman it's jane roe is the anonymous oh legal that name. way they're not related yeah i learned mm-hmm. that when i listened to know my name by chanel miller which oh. highly recommend you should all read that is that your that your stamp for the day? Uh, no, but it should be. Uh, no, I have a different stamp. So anyways, Jane Roe sought judgment that the statutes were unconstitutional, and she alleged that she was unmarried and pregnant and that she was unable to receive a legal abortion by a licensed physician because her life was not threatened by the continuation of her pregnancy, and she was unable to afford to travel to another jurisdiction to obtain a legal abortion. So meaning that nobody would give her an abortion because she wasn't in danger, and she couldn't go somewhere else where she could get a legal abortion. Yeah. Um, so she sued on behalf of herself and all other women, claiming that statutes were unconstitutionally vague and abridged her right of personal privacy protected by the First, Fourth, Fifth, Ninth, and Fourteenth Amendments. That's a lot of amendments. That's a lot of amendments. 
I'm not going to get into all those, but if you want to go look them up, uh, check out the first, fourth, fifth, ninth, and fourteenth. So the Bill of Rights is that what this is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's kind of like the breakdown of Roe v. Wade, and they held. Okay, so there were there were three reasons that they wanted to enact the criminal abortion laws. The first, that the laws are a product of Victorian social concern to discourage illicit sexual conduct. So basically, they want to criminalize it to keep people sexually responsible, I guess, to, to discourage illicit sex. Scandalous. The second reason that they want to uphold the criminality of it was that they believe the abortion procedure was hazardous. Uh, therefore, the state was concerned about protecting pregnant women. So yes, let's let's have it go back to coat hangers. Yeah, well, so modern medical techniques have altered that situation. At that time, they, that was the argument was that you can't say that it's an unsafe procedure because medical advancements have been made. Getting hemorrhoids was essentially a death sentence at one point. <laughs> um, the third reason was the state's interest in protecting the prenatal life. However, this is uh, negated by the fact that pre- pregnant women cannot be prosecuted for the act of abortion, which now is being brought into question. Anyways, so ju- that's kind of like the breakdown. I just wanted to like lay a foundation of what Roe v. Wade was. It was this woman who sued because she wanted an abortion, and the government, the yeah. Supreme Court, made the decision that all rights, like all women have the right to an abortion in a legal legal manner yeah it is still up to state by state decisions on like how far along you can get an abortion right. and like some of the conditions and stuff like that but that's where the problem and, comes in now is and they, they'll are... come up with rules that say that you have to watch like a like a video and wait like, a lot of them have you have to wait like 24 hours or before you can hours. actually make any yeah. like actually go through the procedure mm-hmm. And these are all things that there are. And most like of them, some you states. have to have it before. I think it's twenty-one weeks is the furthest along you could be, but I know most of them are like nineteen weeks or earlier. And the bigger, the bigger states like Texas and like I think Mississippi, and there are a bunch of them that are in the process of like switching over, going all the way up to six weeks. Mm-hmm. And these six weeks are from the last time that that person had had a period. Mm-hmm. So now. You might have gotten pregnant right before your your next period, but it goes back to that last one. So now you, when you, by the time that you find out that you're pregnant, you might literally only have three days. Well, and the problem with that is like myself, I have very irregular periods, like very yeah. irregular. I've always been irregular. You can't, I don't track them because they're just all over the board. And sometimes it lasts three days. Sometimes I have a period for a whole month. So if I were to like get pregnant, I could not honestly tell you when my last period was because it might have been three months ago, but it doesn't mean that I've been pregnant for three months. It means that I just haven't had a period. Yeah. So, so it that's a terrible system. I mean, that's also the reason that due dates are so wildly inaccurate is because when they give you a due date, when you go in and they're like, oh, you're like, when was the last time you had set, like you had a period and that's when they set your due date. It's right. not by the actual conception date. Right. They make up all these these different things that are considered the statement is that it has to be no undue burden. And yet they keep on making all these rules, all these laws that make it so that you have to go through all these undue burdens just so you can do a, a random a, a procedure, a medical procedure. That is what is happening. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many how many pregnancies actually come to um, to the point of gestation like like, like from fertilization to, it's like I I think I'm getting this, it's it's either a third of them actually make it or 
or a third of them never get to the point where somebody even notices that they were pregnant. Yeah. Um, So that's why there's that stigma around it that you should never tell anybody you're pregnant until after your first trimester because so many women miscarry in that first trimester and so many women don't even know that they were pregnant in that first trimester. And yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. So do you know any reasons why uh, why somebody might get a, get an abortion? Because I have a list if you want me to make it easier Please, for Please, go you. ahead and give me your list. <laughs> give me your list of why women would have an abortion, Mr. I don't mm-hmm. have a uterus. Yes. And oh, this is actually one of the th- things that are that's the most upsetting is that most of these rules are being made by people who don't have a uterus, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I say if you don't have a uterus, all you can do is give that freedom. Mm-hmm. Because you can't make the decision to terminate something or to not be able to terminate something because you are not the one who's who's ultimately liable for it. Mm-hmm. But, oh, God. And there are states that have these... We these, have so many feelings. There are states that have these laws that are in the process of being passed that are making it so that your... your say, you're, say a, a, a woman is raped, right? Mm-hmm. And she, uh, sorry, uh, we're going to have to put an alert in the beginning of this episode. I'm like, this is a uh, strong content. Anyway, but if she's raped and then she has a, has a child and then she, or, or she gets pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. She has to actually prosecute her rapist before she can get an abortion, which by the one, time her, they even t- had a court date, she'd already have the baby and a celebrated their first the birthday. Baby. <laughs> and how many rapists are actually no, like there are a good, good deal of Once rapists. Again, let me refer you to the book. Know my name by Chanel Miller, who addresses the issue of women prosecuting their rapists. A lot of victims in those circumstances don't actually know the, the rapist. Yes. So how the hell are you supposed to, you're supposed to prosecute somebody you've never met. You don't even know their name. Once again, Chanel Miller. Know my name. See, what I find so fascinating about that is that she knew who her, her rapist was caught in the act of like raping her and prosecute, like brought, arrested or charged or whatever within 24 hours. And that case took three years. This is Brock Turner, right? Yeah. Yeah. That case took three years to be finished and like, it was the battle that she had to face to even get him prosecuted. Like, can you imagine if she would have gotten pregnant? Like, you, <laughs> she would have had the baby and had three years before they even was pregnant. He, she knew who he was. Like, right away, they knew who he was. And that's, she addresses it in that book that she knew who he was right away. He was, like, charged. How many women never get that? They don't know who it is. They don't know what happened. They don't know. They have a hard time prosecuting that person or charging that person or coming up with any sort of proof against that person. So you have to prosecute this person who you don't know exists. But like, you know that that person, that human body but exists. But you don't know who it is. But you don't have a name to go with the yeah. face. It is unconscionable. And there are people who say, oh, well, you can't get an abortion because you should have you should have been more uh, less promiscuous right (laughs) and it's like shut the fuck up there are there are plenty of reasons to have an abortion that have nothing to do with promiscuity even if that was a reason to justify not being able to get an abortion let me give you some stats actually let me let me jump into the these before i no no let me give you let me give you some stats regarding uh 
promiscuity. Oh, okay. Because when you say promiscuity, you're imagining what? Like teenagers are obviously the ones getting abortions because they're having unprotected sex and they're just being irresponsible, right? Or like maybe it's girls in their 20s. Oh my gosh, they're just out there having sex with whoever. 2019, which is when most of these statistics are from, and this is from the CDC, it's direct from the CDC's oh, website. Oh, so the, the government propaganda machine. Right. You're right. Uh, the abortion rate was 11.4 abortions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44. In that year. In that year. Yeah. 11.4 out of 1,000. It's it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around that because not everybody was pregnant in that that year. But the abortion rates, it's still only 18.6 abortions right. per 1,000 for women aged 20 to 29. Um, and by contrast, the adolescents, so anybody below, below 20, they were only 0.2% of all abortions. 0.2%. So it's crazy. not that these women are out there like being all sorts of promiscuous and having sex with anybody and everybody like... That's like incredibly low abortion rate, all things considered. Yeah. Like that's a terrible argument to make is that like, oh, women who get abortions were just out there being like ridiculous and irresponsible because the amount like the statistics show that like it's not women in those age groups that are having the most abortions. Yeah. The ratio, the percentage of like pregnancies to abortions is out of every in the the u.s from 2008 to 2010 there was a test a study that was that was conducted so out of 100 pregnancies it was 21.2 percent in 2011 and 18.4 percent in 2017 of pregnancies that actually that were uh, were terminated out of all the pregnancies that's how many were terminated for the from the years of of 2011 and 2017. So then from 2010 to 2019, the abortion rate decreased by 18%. Yes. So less people are getting abortions now. Yes. It is steadily declining. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that with that declination that we need to say, okay, well, now we can restrict more. Yeah, because no. actually you can look at it and see who was president at the time. And I've seen a graph that that had how many uh, like the statistics for abortion rates. Mm-hmm. And they would actually go up when a Republican was in office and they would go down when a, a Democrat was in office. And the reason why I'm willing to willing to risk it is to say that there were there were more opportunities for like learning of sexual education and it's a constant thing that keeps on going up and down depending on whoever's in office how many times have we talked about like sex ed is coming back to school how like let's take sex ed out of the the school and sometimes sex ed is as as much as don't have sex what does that teach kids it doesn't teach them how to use protection it is teaching them do the virgin mary thing and accidentally have a kid with god or whatever the hell it's weird that the that the religious are the same people who are the ones who are saying don't have sex that equals no pregnancies it's Mm -hmm. bullshit to try to say just don't have sex yeah all right sorry it's it's unrealistic i got you off topic so reasons women have abortions because they're promiscuous reasons women have abortions because i i have because they're just not having sex with anybody what's your Um, next reason so number one, and the the percentages is because they have multiple options, like they have the ability to add multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be above a hundred percent. I know that mm-hmm. the top seven reasons, the top number one is financial reasons at forty percent. What? 
Having babies is expensive. Weird. Having kids is expensive. Weird. And the f- people aren't in a financially stable situation without even having children. Well, they should have thought about that before it. having sex. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes. Nobody should have sex unless they're financially able to handle a child. So imagine the people who are struggling to be able to afford an abortion. Mm-hmm. How much worse do you think that it's going to be to to try to provide for the kid that they would have if the right had their way? Mm-hmm. Number two, timing wasn't right. So sometimes it's just like, it just doesn't work. It's it's not like this year isn't the right time to have a kid. I'm not prepared. I'm in the process of moving. You know, there are tons of reasons why timing doesn't work. Oh, no, for sure. And I hate that people are like, oh, well, you know, it's obviously women who are unmarried or women who are like what, you know, if you're like two married individual, like two married people and you're having like responsible sex and then that you get pregnant, like what a blessing. Okay, well, sometimes like your career is really important right then and it's just not going to work out for you to have a kid. Sometimes you're just not in a position to be able like to have and support a kid. Like, like you said, financially, you're just not in a good spot. Or you're living with your parents yeah. in their basement or something. You're and living it's like in a bad situation. Place to, to have it, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, there's moving. There's a lot of stresses and, and other factors like that. Health situations, like not even necessarily your health, but like if you're taking care of an ailing parent or somebody else, if you're a caretaker for somebody, like having to now suddenly add a child to that is just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's just not a good time. So timing was at 36% of mm-hmm. the the people who are, who are surveyed. Number three is partner related. So they might not be in a stable relationship. They might not have like they might have tension or whatever going on with their partner. So that's at 31%. I think that's a totally valid reason. Totally valid reason. Number four, they need to focus on other children, which means that they fucking have other kids. Mm-hmm. There is. Can you imagine if you have two kids and you tr- and you get pregnant and it's like, oh, shit, we were not supposed to have a third. I can't. I can't imagine having a third one. If you're going through postpartum depression. So this happened to a woman that I know. She had given birth to her second child and her second kid, I think, was only like three or four months old and she got pregnant again. It just happened. It wasn't intentional. Like a lot of people say you can't get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. That is obviously untrue. Uh, But she got pregnant. And she was just like, she was devastated because she's like, I have a three month old. They will not even, they will like barely be a year old and I'd be having like this next child. And she's like, I just am not, we can't do it. I can't do that many kids under the age of three. Like it's just, it's too much, which there ended up being a lot of like health related issues. And she ended up being medically um, advised to terminate her pregnancy. But yeah. like, I mean, it is a totally valid thing. I, anytime that I see someone and they're like, oh, I have a 10 month old and I'm pregnant with our next child. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? It's a factory. That's what that is. Like that is, that is so much to handle and it's true like think about you and your family i mean your mom had six kids that she was not even she was not prepared to take care of even like one or two of you god like she how much better off would your life have been if she would have stopped after three and like not that i don't love your sisters (laughs) and i love you please do not hate me for this don't don't unsubscribe (laughs) (laughs) don't leave i like you but like your mom would have been able i'm not that she would have given you more attention or anything by any means but it would have been well, uh, she would have. Yeah. Well, and it would have been a better situation for you guys to have ended up in somewhere else or for you guys to have been moved somewhere else or for somebody to be... It's a lot for somebody to think about stepping in and being like, I have to now take care of these six children as opposed to, okay, well, I can take on three. Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. 
Um, Other so children. That was at 29%. Mm-hmm. Number five. I have it, feelings about all of these reasons. Th- yeah. <laughs> Number five, it may interfere with future opportunities, which, like you were saying, now, pregnancy is one of those things right. that it it it's kind of a woman problem. <laughs> have you noticed? Like, women are usually the ones who get pregnant. Yeah, like, that's now, so frustrating. Not, not to diminish the the trans community, but, you know, it's generally a woman problem. Mm-hmm. So a woman is the one who gets pregnant and she's, God, it is, it is unfathomable to me that you can have a nine month pregnant woman working on her feet. And this is, you have a coworker who was fucking doing this. Yep. She worked all the way up until the day before she gave birth. And she wasn't working. It's not like we're sitting in an office on a computer. She is on her feet. She's pulling double. So she was there for 10 hours, 12 hours. She had a 14-hour day two weeks before she gave birth. And that's just, that's not, like, desired, but it's just what it was. We talked about vacations and, like, U.S. vacations and everything. Mm-hmm. We and talked you about also maternity leave. talked about maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that, as a human being... Mm-hmm. You should be able to say, hey, you're a month out from having a child. Go home. Though I I would make the argument that a lot of times it is healthier for a woman to remain active during her pregnancy. And I think that that's something that, that is a uh, case-by-case situation. Yes, no, for sure. And, like, for some women, like, for, for my coworker, she did great. Like, it kept her on her feet. It kept her moving. It kept her active. We were careful about what we had her do. I wouldn't let her do a lot of bread shifts on her own. I made sure that somebody else helped lift that bowl because, like, she shouldn't be slinging around 63 pounds of dough. Uh, things like that, you know. I mean, we wouldn't let her lift stuff. We wouldn't let her, like, things like that. But she was still on her feet. She was active. She was moving. She was, you know, doing a lot. But then I've also worked with a pregnant woman who she looked like she was going to die every single day. Yeah. I was legitimately concerned for her. Yep. Like she needed, she needed to have the last six months of her pregnancy off work. But now a, a person who gives birth still has, they have all the recovery time from having had that child. And in the U.S. it's like, okay, well you had the kid, you, the kid's healthy. Okay. Then show up on Monday. Mm-hmm. You are now confined to either working or taking, like, just quitting your job well, and the for problem that with period that is of time. A lot of times, like, childcare, and this is a totally different issue, but childcare is so wildly expensive. expensive. It's, it is cheaper to not have childcare yeah. than it is to not work. Well, and not only that, but it's also really hard to get somebody who's going willing to take care of a 12-week-old child. Yeah. Or even, like, a six-week-old child. Like, people don't want to take on that responsibility. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so finding, it's a lot to have a kid. Yeah, that finding a daycare by itself is. is a reason to justify terminating a pregnancy. If it's not something that is feasible for you, don't do it. Yeah. Um, so future opportunities, it is it is incredibly uneven in favor of men because men don't have to worry about having gotten pregnant and and having to quit their career and put it on a on a timeout so that they can focus on on home life. Mm hmm. Because they're not the one who had the child. Well, and not just home life. And that's the thing that kills me is so often people are like, oh, you're like a stay-at-home mom now? Like, you just sit around and watch TV all day? No, you're literally keeping somebody alive. Yep. Like, you are 100% responsible for this life. That they cannot walk, they cannot crawl, they cannot communicate. They literally are dependent on you to understand when they need to eat, when they need to 
like poop when they need to sleep because guess what babies don't come out knowing how to sleep you literally have to train them how to sleep you have to teach a child how to fall asleep yeah it is it is not it is nothing like it is not instinctual number six at 19 percent is not emotionally prepared which i don't think we can harp on that enough nope. it's just you might just not be ready to do that you might know that you're already dealing with some shit on on your own before a kid. Mm-hmm. So if you introduce a kid into that, now you're exacerbating well, potentially all kid, those problems. But yeah, the emotional, the hormonal turmoil that pregnancy and childbirth plays upon a woman, like that's no joke. Postpartum depression is no joke. It is a medical condition that not enough people get taken care of. And did you know, I just found this out, it can last up to three years after you have a child. It's not reassuring, Heidi. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is like, if you're already dealing with a lot, if you have recently had a lot of big changes or loss, or you're just... Or you have mental health issues in your family already. Yeah, or you're just emotionally overwhelmed. Like me right now, I am emotionally overwhelmed. And this last month has been like crushing. I have never felt this emotionally shredded. I know. I can't imagine adding a pregnancy into that. Like, it... It would blow my mind to have to deal with those hormones as well as like the stress I'm already dealing with. It just, it's crazy. Yeah. So that's at 19%. And then uh, the seventh that I took record of, and there's the list goes on. Oh, I'm sure. At 12%, it's health reasons. It is 100% valid. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're concerned that you've been, so say you smoke, right? This is a habit that you've already acquired and it's just, I either have to quit smoking and hope that my smoking hasn't already injured this this fetus, or I can terminate it now. So I have a sister who has um, the inability to have a child. If she was to get pregnant, she would have to terminate it mm-hmm. because it is not something that that her body is physically capable of doing is giving birth. Mm-hmm. You fucking terminate it, and it isn't breathing. It is. It doesn't have a, a doctorate degree or anything. It is a certain point. It is nothing that that's more than a mole. If you can remove a mole, you can remove this. It is tissue that just, and no medical procedure is pretty. So if you saw my nasal reconstruction when it was <laughs> happening, you'd be like, oh, nope. God, God forbids that from ever happening if because it is disgusting. If you saw the rinsing out your nose after said nasal surgery, that was not pretty either. <laughs> that wasn't pretty either. So, yeah. You know, just because it's not pretty, just because it's not fun, doesn't mean that it's not something that's necessary. Right. I don't, I am, am, I, I have so many emotions and most of it's anger. Yes. Because this is even a fucking topic in 2022. Yeah. Um, I feel like on that note, that's a great place for us to wrap this up this week <laughs> and we can continue on, pick up next week. So we're picking up next week. Picking yeah. up next week. Told you it was going to be a two-parter. It is. It's probably going to be a four or five-parter. Oh, God. So, this could be a podcast. This could literally be a podcast it by could. itself. It could. We need to have like like an abortion technician or physician or whatever they're called and have one of those Do on a like, as a guest. Like, that would, I am so fucking frustrated and this is, gotcha, so, all so up, technically- guys. Technically, as of this recording, which is on Tuesday, it is not a ruling by the by the Supreme Court. Right. It's just a draft. It is in draft. Mm -hmm. And technically that hasn't been confirmed because this is literally unprecedented territory. This stuff never gets out. It doesn't leak. Mm -hmm. But this one did. And it 
it did. And I had I have a podcast that I listened to that has a lawyer who actually read all of the pages. It's like 60 something pages. It's mm-hmm. like super long. But he's like, yeah, this is this looks exactly like what I would expect a, a Supreme Court ruling to look like. And he can even name the 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 judge who made the the document because he's he's so familiar with the process. It's yeah. just it's so ridiculous. And like I've I've changed my my Facebook uh, made a temporary uh, photo of The Handmaid's Tale because mm-hmm. if you haven't fucking seen The Handmaid's Tale and seen like the repercussions of this this chokehold that religion is it it is at the very end of its its course but it is fighting harder than ever than it ever has before well, and just the the fact that you're turning reproductive rights into something that is regulated by law like that's the road that we're turning down now whether like whether you want to say that religion is involved in it or not which obviously there are religious feelings about it but if you want to just take their religion out of it, you're still regulating someone's personal body and their decisions with a law in a way that has never been done before. Religions, but it is very religious. Yes, it is. But religion. it's like your religion's like a like a dick. It's great to have it. Great if you have one. Sure, whatever. But just don't whip it out and like expect stick me to everything. praise your dick. You can't stick it in everything. You can't. Yeah, stop shoving <laughs> yeah. your your religion in everything. <laughs> Keep it where it's supposed like, to go. Yeah. Anyway, um, and on uh, that, I'd like you to just bottle this emotion. Just uh, get, next put week, it in, put a pin in it. Liz, yeah. Join we'll, us uh, next week. We'll, we'll go through the end process of this. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> on that note, do you have a stamp of approval? The Badger stamp of approval. Not today in history. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, today in history. Uh, stamp of approval. I would have to say uh, there is a series on YouTube that's called Vsauce. And they actually go through like, some an explanation of something that you might have thought, oh, that's weird. And then that'd be it. But they go into like a 20 minute explanation as to why not only is it initially weird, but why it's like really cool to go down this rabbit hole. They go down hmm. rabbit holes that... You'd never think of. It's really cool. Uh, Vsauce. And then there's like another series called like Vsauce 2 or whatever. And I think that that one's more into uh, to like mathematics and stuff. But but Vsauce, it's it's cool. Check it out. All right. Noted. Uh, mine is for the skim. Uh, if you want to just get like a brief snapshot of what the headlines are in the news, I highly recommend looking up the skim. Uh, it's great. I, I get an email in my inbox every morning and it just gives me the like bullet points of what's really important. And then you can also like click on stuff and go more in depth. This is how kind of the abortion thing came up for me is uh, seeing the leak of that draft and then uh, the laws that are happening in Connecticut, which we'll address next week. Uh, but yeah, so highly recommend that. It's a really great way to just kind of stay in touch with what the really important articles are and just kind of get a feeling on what's going on in the world. Uh, highly recommend that. That's the skim yeah. skim with S K I M M. Yeah, yes, two, two M's. Two M's. Uh, and on that note, you ready for our question? Yes. Courtesy of Travis Brown's Poddicks. Do you have an area of your life that you are never satisfied with? Going back to religion, like a dick. So I, I like like a bigger dick. No, um, you think I 
Uh, no, <laughs> I will not ask your opinion on that because it's staying the same. Um, I think I only had a joke answer for that one. God, you what? What's your answer? I'll I'll go to the. Um, I think thinking about areas of my life that I'm not satisfied with, I'm pretty happy. Like career wise, I think I'm in a really good spot. There are things that I wish that I was better at. I wish that I had learned more or taken more advantage of opportunities that I had. Uh, my home life, I'm pretty happy with. I mean, I always wish that I kept a better house or that I had more time to work in the yard or things like that. But overall, I'm pretty satisfied. I actually had this conversation with a coworker of mine that she was saying how we both, like, she feels, because she's about to turn 34, I think. But she's like, and everyone's always surprised that I'm in my 30s because she's like, I think that I just come across like very youthful and very active and a lot of energy. And she's like, but I think I'm kind of like an old soul. And she's like, I think you're kind of the same way as well. I told her, I don't think it's necessarily that we're old souls. I think it's just that we have a contentment with where we are in life. Like we aren't searching for the next thing to make us happy or the next exciting thing that's going to happen. Like we're just, we're content to go home and embrace our lives and, and enjoy what we have. Yeah. So I think overall, um, I mean, there, like I said, there are little things here and there that I wish were different, but I, overall I'm pretty satisfied with where I am in life. So your husband doesn't suck too bad? Nah, he's pretty okay. Okay, yeah. I'll take that. Um, I don't know. I I think I'm gonna stick with my joke answer. It it is a joke, but like I'm not I'm not dissatisfied. That's fair. Are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm quite satisfied. Not complaining. That's that's for sure. That's right. Well, and on oh, that note, God. thank you for joining us. Oh, set. oh! Before you go on, never mind. So this comes out on Thursday. Yes. And then, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday! Is the debut of Universe 25. Yeah. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to Universe 25. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be really cool. Um, the the pre-responses uh, that I've gotten have been very positive. Uh, one of my sisters reviewed it and listen to the first two episodes she's super excited and there are just like a couple of tweaks that i have to do but then it's gonna be amazing. and if you're wondering what it's gonna be like uh there are touches of a lot of like kind of post-apocalyptic books every time john describes things to me it's come up uh city of ember uh divergent series fahrenheit i know 451 yeah fahrenheit 451 i know you've done like uh game of thrones ish so yeah. there's just a lot of like different genre storylines kind of that have all been pulled together that john's never heard of or read before <laughs> so it's not me pulling stuff yeah. from other things um, it's just it randomly but happens if you to really be, like, enjoy like that dystopian future kind of storyline you should definitely check it out it's gonna be really good he has a lot of really really cool talent on there yes and my my people don't suck too and I'm just, yeah. so on that note, thank you for hanging out with us at The Set. Don't forget to tweet us at The Set Pod on Twitter with your answer to our question, and maybe you'll hear your answer on the air next week. Be sure to give our other podcast, Mercury Theater Podcast, a listen. Check out their website, mercurytheaterpodcast.com, for more information. And we will talk to you next week about our abortion feelings number two. No, no not abortions with our mouths. <laughs> Bye.